So let's talk about world building a little bit. What it is, uh, how writers do it, but more importantly, what does it mean to you as the reader? I think, first of all, Brandon Sanderson did a really great job explaining the writer's viewpoint, what building, world building is, and kind of how they, how writers come up with this, and the importance of it, but I think there's a couple other things we need to keep in mind. If you haven't seen that video yet, please do watch it. Actually, there's one for each of the two weeks related to fairy tales and folk tales and fables, and writing for children. So... World building, if you haven't caught that part yet, is the idea of, well, in literature, you might have heard the term setting or place. Um, so where does the story take place? If it's a movie, for example, there may be many different scenes that take place in different locations. And I don't mean just like we filmed this part in New Zealand and we filmed the other part in Australia. I mean, when we're talking about locations, we're saying what happens in the story. So if we're watching a Marvel movie, and uh, part of the one scene takes place in uh, Avengers Tower, and another one takes place in, uh, you know, Asgard. Those are locations, but more and more important, those are worlds. As a matter of fact, a cinematic universe is a really big example of a world, right? Because it's all these different things that happen. Now, let's talk about science fiction and fantasy both in relation to all of this. Science fiction, as we've studied, is the idea of the possible, things that could happen from uh, a technological viewpoint, things that are possible. So, um, obviously, for years it was things like space travel. So, was space travel possible? And then we went to the moon. Um, and, and this sounds like ancient history, but that's true. I mean, they were talking about space travel as far back as the, uh, the 1800s. And then it happened in the 1900s, obviously, with the landing on the moon and other space travel prior and after. So it's things that are possible. Not usually so many fairy tales in this case, because then we move into the area of fantasy, which are the things that are pretty much impossible that are made possible. Things that don't exist, as we talked about. For example, talking animals, or magic, uh, or the ability to summon a genie, or uh, you know, mystical creatures such as dragons or minotaurs. All of these areas, of course, overlap with what we call classical mythology, but also considered to be fantasy. As a matter of fact, many cultures have things such as dragons, or uh, air spirits, or fairies. I mean, many, many cultures over the years have had concepts of all of these in their fiction, and sometimes in uh, other areas of their culture. So, in that case, we're not dealing with um, a potential world that's very similar to ours, as science fiction may or may not be, whether it's ours now or in the future, we're talking about worlds that are very different. So if you watch Game of Thrones, for example, that's a whole different world. Same with the Harry Potter universe or any other magic-based world. And this is where fantasies or fairy tales or even writing for young children in more a more modern context uh, will will reach that world-building peak. So, let's look at one of the examples from the reading list, and it's The Magician's Nephew by C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis writes this story. Um, it's really, it was written, it was published in the series of the Chronicles of Narnia, um, but it was the sixth book published, I believe, in order. Um, but it actually is a prequel book that takes place earlier before the original series. 
in the original books. If you happen to read it, you may have heard of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, where Lucy Pevensey and her siblings go through the magic wardrobe and end up in a very different world. A very fairytale-like world, as a matter of fact. So, in The Magician's Nephew, um, no spoilers, but a different character travels among worlds, not just one, but many, through a magical device. And uh, his name's Diggory Kirk, and Diggory and his, his friend Polly Plummer, the two of them end up uh, going to different worlds. So in that story, it starts in, in London in the late Victorian era, early, uh, early Edwardian, which means about the year 1912, somewhere in there. And that's where the story starts, in London. But uh, Diggory and Polly end up in many different places, including different worlds. So while the first one's based on London of the time, they end up going to different places that are all very different. And C.S. Lewis had to, out of his imagination, create all these different worlds that are very different from the London that the characters start in. And when you're talking about world building, there are certain things that need to make sense um, in any world, and it has to what we call a an internal logic or a logical consistency within the world. So I think we talked about this a little bit earlier um, in the case of Harry Potter, for example. The wizards that cast their spells in the stories use a wand. Um, They usually use some kind of a verbal component that goes along with it. Wizards that don't need a wand or don't need the verbal component are more advanced. As a matter of fact, the only wizard that I can remember in the whole book that was able to cast any spells without the wand, uh, some could do it without words and cast a spell silently, but the only one who could do it without a wand was indeed Dumbledore. And that's not a... It was explained in the books that that makes Dumbledore exception. It shows that he is an exceptional wizard. He is beyond most of the rules that uh, apply to the average wizard. So there's the logical consistency. Now, if the rule was that they needed to use a wand, and any old wizard could do it without using the wand, that would be breaking the rules. The problem with breaking the rules too much, or too often, or in a way that doesn't make sense, is that your readers will stop believing you. And it kind of sounds strange, right? Because we're talking about, well, we already know there aren't talking animals and dragons and magic and all those things in the average world. So already we're reading something that's that's pure fantasy. It's We know it's escapism on some level. And, you know, why wouldn't they believe when something's done wrong? Because readers like some internal consistency. They want to see that there's some answer you know, that works within whatever setup it was. As a matter of fact, one example of very bad writing um, comes from ancient Greek uh, writing with the original plays, and they used to call it um, the deus ex machina, which meant the the god in the machine. At the end of many uh, plays of the time, what would happen is they would have this mechanical device that would bring a character down, and this person would represent Zeus or one of the other gods, and would fix whatever the problem was at the end. So the heroes, um, whoever they were, um, would be going through a difficult time, and just when things looked the bleakest, some god would come down and solve their problem. And while we're not discounting the importance of uh, the uh, the idea of a miracle in a, in a story. It got a little boring if the characters can't solve their own problems. 
I mean, to get some help from a divine source or a magical source or some other area is totally fine in a story. But we do want the characters to struggle. So when stories, uh, when when uh, stories go along, whether they're in a book or on television or in a movie, if it if the characters get it, like what they called in Monopoly a get out of jail free card, in other words, they just have the answers handed to them. It's not satisfying to the reader. The reader wants to see the hero struggle. The hero, the reader, eventually wants the hero to succeed, but not after some real work. And whether that work is physical, as such as a battle, or whether that is using their mind and being very clever, or figuring out a solution or an escape to a situation, whatever that is, as readers, to be satisfied, we really want the character to struggle and overcome the odds. We don't want them just handed the answer. In general, again, some stories do work that way. It's totally fine. The author can throw that in there. But if all the stories are like that, people are going to give up reading the stories because they're no fun on that level. So these are things to keep in mind. Now, in a fairy tale, um, we we often see that the characters have to overcome something. Um, and as we're reading in that, um, what, what they have to overcome and how they do it has to do with the world that they're in and what skills and tools and gifts they've been given early on in the story. So if Aladdin has three wishes in the story and he uses all three wishes to overcome his problems, that's okay because that's what it is. You'll notice in the original story as well as the Disney version of the movie, um, although I haven't seen a live action, but in the cartoon one, that sometimes having those wishes granted causes more problems. And there we've learned a rule of magic in that world in that particular fantasy or or uh, or a fairy tale however you want to look at it is that wishes can cause more problems sometimes than they solve and that's a lesson too we i believe that if you if you go through for example um, most fantasy stories will will have a moral at the end of it and that is not to say that that's the point of the story, but sometimes we can learn a little something from it. If you read any of the fables and the uh, fairy tales with the Z website, fairytales.com, also has a lot of fables. Fables are meant to instruct even more than fairy tales are. Um, so in a fable, you definitely will have a lesson. But even in fairy tales, there are lessons to be learned. And sometimes that tradition carries on to classical fantasy as we, as we will continue to study fantasy, um, this fiction, and even some of the science fiction that we'll cover later on in the term. But world building, again, is, in short, it's the world the characters live in, it's what they're dealing with, it's um, the rules of how the world works in such a way that they either help or hinder the character as they go about um, their quest or the things that they're trying to do or overcome or to escape.